And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For tonight's podcast episode, I actually have a very special guest with me. He was We actually did Wedding Singer, the re- review for that, a couple of months back. We had such a good time. We've been trying to collaborate, but our schedules didn't jive up on some areas sometimes. But that's just the way life goes. But, Micro Break, I just want to say it's great to have you back again to do a review on a movie that I haven't seen before called Nothing But Trouble. This movie, of course, stars John Candy, Dan Aykroyd, directed by Dan Aykroyd, Dan Aykroyd's first position as a director and only position as a director at that time. So how are you been doing? How are things going over at Micro Break? Great. Great, man. Thanks for having me back, John. I'll tell you, it's, uh, it's been busy, 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 but I am so glad that I was able to break away. I was actually going to be watching this film right before you reached out to me. And then you said, spooky comedy. I said, oh man, this would be perfect because almost nobody but me has seen it. (laughs) (laughs) And basically that's actually true because this is my first time seeing this movie. I've seen just about everything in the filmography of John Candy, or at least I thought I did. But until I saw this movie, that is. (laughs) But but I have to say, I, I had fun with it. I definitely had a good time with it. Uh, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that I'm going to touch on as well, because That's on JoeBlow.com's YouTube channel, they have a thing called WTF, what happened to this movie? What happened to Nothing But Trouble? So that's how I learned some of the background stuff and things like that. And Brand- my girl, my fiance, Brandy, has actually seen the movie. Um, but, you know, for a first time experience, mm-hmm. I didn't... <laughs> But for a first time experience, I didn't know what to expect. I had a feeling that this was going to be a dark comedy. And I love dark comedies if they hit me in the right direction. And of course, this, like I said before, this also has Chevy Chase in it. It has Dan Aykroyd. It has John Candy. Give me more after coming off of her Academy it's got Award. Tupac in it. Yes, it's got Tupac Shakur, <laughs> which is actually one of my favorite rappers. <laughs> And from the digital underground world at that time, which was actually popular within the 1991-90s setting yeah. Um, as well. And also, too, Demi Moore was also coming off of her Academy Award as well for Ghost. And she decided to do something different. And, yep, it's definitely something different. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it ain't no ghost, folks. Uh, no. It's, it's ghostly, and yeah, but it was certainly nothing but trouble for them i think it was appropriately titled because it was a train wreck for them but honestly as a fan of all of the actors and of course dan Aykroyd as a producer i have nothing bad to say about the film like i said you can put those four folks in a film and all they're going to do is read from the yellow pages and i'd be like yeah eight eight out of ten (laughs) especially the way debbie uh demi read uh b through d i mean fantastic work her some of her you know it's a so it was kind of hard to fold the film but i knew watching it i'm like what the hell am i watching right now exactly demi more in a comedy and a white who wears white and 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 just the whole thing and and plus again as a reminder i am in new jersey and this film is wrapped around allegedly New Jersey. And I'm thinking, okay, this is really driving it home for me. Right. And it's actually a little bit far fetched because, like you said before and before we started, this doesn't, we don't, you guys don't have no mine fields or anything like that, any type of thing when it comes down to it or anything like that. Even if you go up to upstate New Jersey or anything like that, you have pretty much like city rural areas and there's nothing there. I mean, there's nothing 
we, that's actually yeah. cohesive with it. We have we have alleged minefields in that, but they're nowhere near where this movie portrays them. They're uh, <laughs> they they are on the way to Atlantic City indirectly, and they would be in one of uh, either the um, I'm trying to think uh, one of the military yards somewhere, one of the forts. Uh, I want to say Fort Lee could be one of the places where you might find mines or something. Nothing like this, though. We have we have country and we have city and we have a little bit of everything. So it's more farmy here than anything. Uh, the turnpike uh, perception in the film was pretty accurate when they went off, off the turnpike. I felt like mm-hmm. they went hundreds and hundreds, thousands of miles, like to the middle of nowhere in the middle of the United States. It didn't look anything like anything I've ever seen. in <laughs> Those people all in the very beginning, just kind of sitting around looking at them like all these creepy people, which completely irrelevant to the film. It could have right. cut out, but I think they were just letting them know uh, they're not in Kansas, Kansas anymore. You know, <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I just want to say this starting out, Chevy Chase is this guy who happens to be, a person who works for the bank and he winds up financial consultant, financial writer. Yes. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Financial uh, writer. And, you know, yeah, (laughs) but you know, not a banker, a financial writer. Yeah. Banker. Yep. Financial publisher, Chris Thorne, who's actually played by Chevy Chase. He meets lawyer, Diane Linkston and agrees to escort her to consult a client in Atlantic city. Now here's the thing that, it's so 90s if you think about it they're in the elevator and so happens to be he has a folder that's representing her ex-boyfriend who she wants to go ahead or soon to be ex-boyfriend because she wants to break up with him and it's supposed to be is connected into the atlantic city area and so basically she sees the folder in his hand it goes oh you're representing uh my soon-to-be ex-boyfriend can i go on a hitch hitch a ride uh with you so i can go ahead and break up with him and these people Right, in person. And they don't even know each other. This is like their first introduction to each other. I'm like, so you're asking a random stranger that you don't know to do this. So it's so 90s, also kind of 80s kind of style of writing that Dan Aykroyd has. So it's kind of weird to see it from that aspect in the 90s. But it plays out in a way that's relatable in a sense because of the fact that you know, there's. I'm sure there's probably people that don't know anybody that will go on ahead and ask a total stranger if they can actually have a ride or not. <laughs> I mean, I may not hear anything about it, but I'm sure that there might be a possibility. <laughs> Nowadays, yeah, yeah, not so much. Uh, oh, excuse me. Um, have you been vaccinated? Oh, right. <laughs> okay. Can you take me to Atlantic City? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no. Uh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> even, even before even before the pandemic. Yeah. Thank you, Brandy. I was gonna say if Funky Comadina, that was Tone Loke. I don't think they were in the yeah. film, but that would have been really cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but Digital Underground, yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah, that's a that's a bizarre and the and the and the theme for uh well that song that they play, same same song is if you watch the music video of that, John, you'll see you'll see scenes from nothing but trouble in it. And I spoke to three people in the office just today that said they have never seen the film, but they've seen the music video. Two of them were big time rap fans, mm. especially uh hip, you know, old, old school oh. rap. And they said, yeah, we always saw that car pull up in front of the creepy house. It's a, it's a hearse and they get out and, you know, yeah. If you're in your ambulance, there's a chance. If you're in a hearse, it's gotta be worse. 
You know, it's just <laughs> such bizarre lines from that movie. Sorry, folks, I'll be quoting lines from that movie the entire time. So, get and that's okay to. too, because I'll, I'll try to keep them in the timeline so I don't jump ahead and give any spoilers till you get to that part, John. Right. But yeah, but, yeah. So, so yeah, Digital Underground. That's what I was saying. That if you were to watch the video uh, of the song, you would see snippets of the movie, which the song did better than the movie. Yeah, a whole lot better. I think didn't their album like go platinum or something like that or somewhere on the... Yeah, looking looking it up. I mean, they, they Because don't... I'm sure that song was actually popular within the early 90s and stuff like that with the digital underground scene. Cuz I remember Digital Underground being very popular during that time and of course everybody was talking about that music video, I think. During yeah, that trying, time. I think that uh I'm trying to think that what what album that actually was on though uh by oh. them and this is not a, a review on digital underground of course, <laughs> but uh i can't remember what album you would think of. this was 1991 so the album would have had to have been out or been released afterwards was this song actually on an album or was this strictly it was actually in two movies it was in the, the song that they did was in nothing but trouble and it was in a, 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 the movie casper I think later on, much, much, much later on, the 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 movie Casper was a film, yeah. with the, but Casper the Friendly Ghost is actually animated, and uh, but I, I but I don't know if this has actually made it onto an actual album. That, okay, that actual song. Uh, yeah, I mean, strange, very strange. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, another thing that I have to say is the fact that they use a GPS in this movie to go on a different turn because don't forget we actually meet two other people that's hitching a ride with them that's right as well and basically you have, who, who was their names again fausto and fausto and rendella and rendella squeery, squeery, squeery <laughs> friends of the bride yeah. <laughs> yeah we're all here to get married judge and no, of no, course no wedding no wedding <laughs> Traffic violation. Sorry. Go ahead. But you know what else I find that's actually funny though? And then I like how they're actually hit wanting to hitch a ride with him too, and they don't know each other either. And um, so this is what makes it drive. Funny. You're going on a drive? No. I want to go too. Oh, we love to go on drives. <laughs> oh, don't worry about that. They don't even get up until two o'clock in the afternoon. You know, whatever. rich people don't remember anybody. Rich, rich people don't remember anything. <laughs> and, then, and then there they are. You knew they were gonna be there, right? Exactly. You know, it's and like... you knew they were gonna take that that side road that kicks off the movie because if they stayed on the turnpike, the movie would have ended after five minutes. It would have been one of those short films that you have to review. Exactly. And, you know, I find it funny, though, looking at it in the 90s, they're using a GPS, which technology for GPS has not been out or designed during that time. No, Maybe he had a very high end car. If you recall, he had a phone in his car as well. It was a, it had a wire attached to it and everything yep. else. And I mean, that car alone in prestige condition was worth a lot of money at the time. I mean, what, what, what was that? It was like a seven series or something. Ridiculous. Yeah, that was a seven series BMW. W, yeah. which is crazy expensive even in the 90s i mean not not to today's standards but yeah so he's got the g he's got the gps he's got this and and then the you know then of course he's being chased i mean i'm jumping a little ahead but of course eventually he starts getting chased by by john candy as a police officer for being a bad boy and not coming to a full stop at a stop sign 
Right. And I find that funny, though. That's that... My favorite scene to Brandy, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? I find it funny because of the fact that, you know, you can go to the head and you can outrun them. And so, of course, they're smoking weed, they're drinking, they're doing all this other stuff. They wind up miss. They don't stop at the intersection that they're supposed to stop at or anything like that. They go past the stop sign, which causes John Candy to go after them. And then John Candy uh, speeds up with them because they think they can outrun him because, of course, the police cars at that time didn't go past a certain uh, speed limit or anything Come like on, that. Come on, man. Push it. Push it. Let's see if this baby can do 90. This baby can do 130. And so he guns it to, pr- to prove himself, you know, prove how amazing his car is. And 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 they're they're like keeping he's keeping up with him. And then he has a control, John Candy. He pushes a button and creates a roadblock electronically. He sends a wireless signal to create a roadblock to force Chevy Chase's character to go off road on this dirt road where all these truckers are. That was pretty funny, to be honest with you. <laughs> and, the, and and I mean, he's barely surviving, sweet, sweet, swerving in and out, trying to still being chased by John Candy. This is very early on in the movie, folks. What would you say? We're not even 10 minutes in the film. Not and even he, 10 minutes. And we're already seeing stuff being, already happening. <laughs> he's being chased. And he's like, these truckers own this road. He's saying through the PA. And uh, he finally had to stop because uh, ugh, the, uh, the 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 ditch bitch or whatever john candy called her uh the the woman cop is standing there with a shotgun right yeah and you know that happens to be of course john candy's sister in the movie as well and stuff like that too because oh, i didn't know that either i didn't know yeah. that many times have i seen this film i never looked that stuff up well it even said it though whenever uh the two brother and sister is trying to escape okay it goes my sister will shoot you if you do if you try to escape <laughs> or somewhere around that context. <laughs> so I just find that kind of ironic that they were brother and sister, I believe. I could be wrong, but, uh, you know, that's what I'm thinking I heard. Yeah, I mean, but, she had, a, she, she had a, a prominent role, but a, not a lot of lines. It, it, she, she had her, she had to be there in the movie. I think her, her name uh, in, the, in the movie was, was what? Was it, um, I'm trying to think, was she, is she even in the cast uh, listing? <laughs> No, she wasn't even in the casting listing or anything like that, which is kind of ironic because they didn't even give her any credit at all as far as who who the uh, woman is, to be honest. But, I, mean, I mean, Brian Doyle Murray <laughs> got, got a casting uh, listing and, and, and his role was so tiny and towards the complete end of the film, <laughs> he gets cast. And this poor woman... She's, and you know, I can't think of another film that this lady was in. I can't remember her name. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> I can't remember it either, to be honest with you. But then, of course, you know, they go and they wind up pulling him over. He winds up, and of course, Ch- Chevy Chase is trying to bribe him with money. Yeah, and that was so- that was a bad idea. Is there anything we can do to maybe make this go away, sir? Please step back. I am sorry. As I said, you will need to follow me or something along those lines. Follow me to the Shire Reeve. <laughs> I mean, it was so bizarre. And so, so they're taking him to the judge directly right now down this road. And they're and that road. Well, hey, guys, you got to see the film to see this weird road with these 
automatic gates opening and all these weird things everywhere. And they're like, they're seeing like a, a fin of a fish and they go, Oh, now we know where they buried flipper or were something like oh, that. Now it's we like, know where flippers buried is what Chevy Chase says. Dead? I mean, it was so <laughs> weird and they're piping in music and Chevy Chase calls it out. They're piping in music. And then Demi Morris sees a sign, no cussing. He goes, shit like that i mean it was just so obvious comedy at that point but the point it was just so weird the whole thing but you don't know why it's so weird until you meet dan Aykroyd's character of course judge <laughs> exactly but another thing though too it kind of reminds me of the hills have eyes the way that this whole entire road is laid out especially with the, everybody on the porch watching these people go on ahead and following the uh, police officer following John Candy. And of course, when they <laughs> go up to the house, it kind of reminds me of Ernest Scare Stupid with all the junkyard oh, stuff yeah, and things like yeah, that too. Yeah. So that's what made me, uh, so that's what made me think about that. And then of Credits. course. Sorry, I was answering Brandy's question. Okay. What, what scene grossed you out the most? The credits. They were terrible. They just the way the fonts that they used, and so there was a couple of sparing uh, spelling errors. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're not up to the gross scenes yet, Brandy. No. I can't reveal no. what grossed me out the most, but there was something that grossed me out, and I think it's the same thing that grossed her out, that grossed Brandy out. I guarantee it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, there's something that is in here. I think that I feel like some everybody can actually relate to on what grossed some, uh, somebody out on. To be honest. Um, but yeah, then of course, when you meet the Justice of the Peace and everything, you find out a little bit more about his history. Yeah, that was her. <laughs> as soon as they walk into the house, she goes, yeah, I know it's old. It's old. That was one of her big lines. The, the woman, we can't remember her name because right. it was so old. And we're all thinking, wow, this is this is old. Everything's so old here. And she goes, yeah, yeah, it's old. It's old. You know, she's like she's used to hearing that all the time. And then they meet him and he comes out in a, the most bizarre way with an automatic uh, seat and he's adjusting himself and he's got books hiding him so we don't see how creepy and disgusting he looks at this point <laughs> no they actually left his face to a mystery of how creepy yeah. he actually is yep. and i like the little i like how dan Aykroyd was able to do that where you know they didn't really give us anything of what he looks like or anything like that but i liked how they played into that and also too I liked how they dived into the history of their town and dealing with the stuff that they were dealing with. I thought I found that very interesting. And then, of course, you know, this judge is actually 106 years old and his <laughs> name is Ju Judge Alvin uh, Delkenheiser. Delkenheiser. Yeah. Delkenheiser. Yeah. yeah. Very, 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 very strange. Uh... <laughs> then, of course, Chris winds up offending the judge. Because we didn't do anything wrong. All we did was pass the stop sign. And of course, Demi Moore's character is telling him, look, before he even gets inside the house, let me do the talking and then we can go. Chances is he'll probably let us go. So they wind up doing that and it totally backfires on them because Chris cannot shut up. Nope. And he goes, all this for a stop sign? Yeah, he's got to go on. And I just want to pay my damn ticket and get out of here. <laughs> oh, I'll get you all out of here. I'll get you out of here soon. Uh, I mean, yeah. Just step right up to the bench. Step right up to the bench. <laughs> then after that, of course, they locked him in the hands. When the books drop and he shows his yeah. face. Oh, I'll get you all out of here soon. He's like screaming. They're like. Oh. I mean. <laughs> it's just 
that's just the level of acting Dan Aykroyd was for this. He was like way over the top. He knew exactly what this character was supposed to be. Of course, he's also the director for it. But, you know, he played into that character and that creepiness of the character very well. And yeah. also, too, the makeup and the cosmetics for it was very interesting. And, you know, you can even tell that was Dan Aykroyd in this film. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I could tell. I could tell because I've seen him in so many uh, films in the past. But, I mean, it, it, it was... Um, uh, yeah, they had a lot of makeup on him. There's, there's no doubt that they had a lot of makeup on him. <laughs> <laughs> um, then, of course, they wind up locking them into, uh, into an underground courthouse to be judged by, for the next day because they said, "Ooh, I like bankers." He goes, "You're gonna, uh, I'm gonna let you stay until tomorrow, and then I might let you leave." And then, of course, then I like how all the other stuff plays in because then you are introduced to other characters that get pulled over for certain things that they've done. And uh, they're being judged and criticized for things. Yeah, you got to see some of that as well. And some people got to let go, like uh, the band. Uh, some people uh, not so did not do very well and pretty much instantly put away. But uh, like he says in the movie, I never let a banker go something like that so so um yeah he didn't want to hear it and he drops them into that weird room filled with uh with, with squeaky toys squeaky toys which is also kind of like a throwback to little monsters with fred savage oh my gosh but yeah so, I'm, I'm so i'm i'm looking at uh I'm, I'm a little distracted but i'm not i'm trying to find where we are in the film in the script so i'm looking at the script it's just uh <laughs> he's like well let me look at this passport passports i will have you know that my brother fausto so they're trying to get out enjoy diplomacy immunity in this country uh, and fausto and ronaldo squeeze, and he's trying to get their names right friends of the bride yeah that's right we all want to get married just so i mean chevy chase's character was being nasty from the beginning he was making it even worse for himself and uh and then <laughs> <laughs> and then I love this line, and I was trying to find it because I didn't want to say it wrong. It, when he he goes, "Well, listen," and he and there's this tension in the room, and he goes, "Hey, hey, ho, ho, hala, hula, hula, bula, 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 who, who's here at the front seats at the Mexican hat dance now? Just like a bunch of spiders in a birthday cake." <laughs> <laughs> so bizarre! Like, who says that? Dan Aykroyd, but yeah, but also I too, know. it kind of reminds me of that mad scientist from the 1990s with the gummy worms, with the spiders and stuff like that. Yeah, yep. he kind of remind me, reminds me of that kind of character. Yeah, it was just so weird. And then Chevy Chase, uh, his character starts to light up a cigar while he's talking, like he was just being so passe. And he put out that damn rocket. I mean, it was just they, call, they called it a rocket. I mean, so bizarre. So bizarre. I mean, Dan Aykroyd, uh, yeah, Canadian, actually, I think. Eh? Yeah, Canadian. <laughs> Good Canadian guy. <laughs> so here, yeah, so so basically they get, uh, yeah, they get thrown in this uh, sort of lockup, if you will. And it's not long before they come to the door and they go, get ready for supper. Now, again, the woman gets that one line. And she's like, oh, see, I told you, supper. They're, they're not so bad. 
And then like, us. <laughs> yes, he did play a douche in this movie. hundred yes. percent agree, Brandy. And then all of a sudden, now it's time for dinner. And now they're going to sit down to dinner table, which is by far my favorite scene in the entire movie. And I watch that. We usually watch that. So when we're watching the movie, because we've seen it so many times, we get to that scene and we just watch that scene over and over and over. And I try to remember the lines in there. There's so many lines. So they all sit down to probably the most complicated looking, most elaborate dining room and dining room table filled with crap all over the place. <laughs> and it's, and, and, and he comes down <laughs> on, on like these, these straps in his wheelchair, his legs up so he can get into the table. And it's like, he's like adjusting himself and his, the makeup was practically falling off his face. And of course, <laughs> His nose. <laughs> yeah, the nose part. You know, <laughs> a bite of that hot dog. He goes, uh, <laughs> like, "Oh, I got some dogs tonight. We're serving dog." <laughs> Jemmy Moore. They're serving dog. No, not dogs. Hot dogs. Pride heifers. The ones you used to get at the stadiums. Stadium pranks. <laughs> I like mine with all the fixings. I suggest you have yours the same way like that yeah, go ahead put all that stuff on there any nice hawaiian punch i mean it's and chevy chase of course being chevy chase a douche he goes nothing like a nice warm glass of hawaiian punch amongst friends <laughs> it's an oil it's an oil thing for the hawaiian punch i mean right there i mean the two minutes in and then that train going around and, and she's trying to grab the pickles off the train and and it's going around and the it was the music. I don't know. I'm like, oh my God, this is so bizarre. Jello mold shaking on the table. And then you tell him, John, who do we get to see as a new character? Then we wind up seeing, of course, John Candy as the granddaughter. <laughs> and this is something that I haven't... Well, I've seen him dress in drag before. I can't say I never saw John Candy dra dressed in drag or anything like that. But yeah, he winds up becoming Eldona. Eldona. Oh is... my goodness. Yes, John Candy in drag. If you've never seen it before, <laughs> come and see that scene. So she comes down the steps, <laughs> carrying the dogs. <laughs> Steen comes out because they're all like dirty water dogs and Steen comes out. She's like, mm, mm, mm. she drops it <laughs> right on the plate. It's got the, the little tail still hanging from the casing. It was yeah. disgusting. And then John Candy turns ants on a log. Mm, mm, mm. He's like encouraging her to take one. She's And then it's dropped on the plate. Everything was just this <laughs> scary beyond words for sure. And it was just... Uh, that so scene, if, if I go into Brandy's question, that scene grossed me out to be honest. Yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty gross. And then he goes to take that hot dog, and you can see Chevy Chase looking at him. He's like, and, and then they changed the shape of his nose to look like the head of a penis. I mean, yeah, think of how disgusting that is right then and there. Not scary, but disgusting. disgusting. And then they shoving that hot dog in his right. <laughs> And of course, the train set has the condiments on there. Then, 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 then he gets hit in the head. The Fausto or whatever gets hit in the head. He's like, 
that's it, man. I'm freaking out. We got to get out of here, baby. Let's go. <laughs> gets that's it. I had enough. <laughs> you guys are twisted, freaky, misinterpreted. <laughs> it's funny that that's actually the final straw, but the final straw would be me being inside that basement area locked with Chevy chasing them. <laughs> It was but, you know, that's that. the final straw is getting food flicked at your head. <laughs> that's oh your God. final straw. But, you know, I like how Adana is looking at Chevy Chase, looking at Chris, and trying to seduce him in a way and yep. stuff like that, too. I find that hilarious. And I then, mean, she immediately took a liking to him. <laughs> immediately. Immediately. I mean, and we learned that pretty quick that that was coming. I mean. You couldn't be more. I mean, John Candy had to play that off. I'd love to see some of the behind the scenes of that. I mean, just her. I mean, you'll never have car trouble. I mean, just a really bizarre woman. John John Candy didn't even try to look like a woman. He put lipstick on it and and a, and a beard, and just mumbled because apparently uh, she was a mute. She had right. They don't say why she was a mute. She was just a mute because why not? So he didn't have to remember. Both lines, I guess. So, but also too, I feel like you don't really have to do lines for her because of the fact, just the to me, the, to me, the facial expressions, yeah, and the eye contact that she gives over to Chris is just she hilarious. Was, John Kenny was one of my favorite actors of all time. I I miss him dearly. Me too. I, I loved him in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Uh, he he was in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles uh, with. Uh, um steve martin yep. and he, he was in the great outdoors with dan uh, Aykroyd. with dan Aykroyd. just i mean absolutely stellar movies both of them i mean there's a line after line we can review those another time and let me right. tell you uh, and and chevy chase too i love him of course vacation national lampoons all those dan Aykroyd. honest to god dan Aykroyd. i know he's done quite a bit but when I think of Dan Aykroyd, I think of Ghostbusters. Me too. I, I can't get him out of my mind. Go, Ghostbusters. Same here as well. And Demi Moore, I think of her naked. <laughs> Striptease, probably. Yeah, striptease. <laughs> yeah, but you know, to be honest with you, look, I, let me just let me just get it out of my pants for a second, okay? As a guy, yeah, yeah, I love Demi Moore and everything, but let me let me clean it up for let's make it family friendly here. She's a phenomenal actress, period. Drama actress, definitely. Mm-hmm. Comedy, eh, definitely. She's, she could be quirky and funny. I loved her. I loved her in uh, the the military film that she did. Um, G.I. Jane. G.I. Jane. Uh, and I always get that one confused with the one that Goldie Hawn did, military film, which was also a top 10 for me. Uh, I get that one mixed up. So what was the one that? Oh yeah, Uncle Buck. Yeah, yeah, Uncle, Uncle Buck, Buck is yeah. another good one. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, but um, I'm trying to think of Demi Moore. Of course, Ghost was, I'm uh, just unbelievable. But that whole movie was good. I mean, she didn't yeah. completely carry that movie. There was a lot of good actors in that. Um, uh, the list goes on. There's, there's, there's so many more. But for her to do this, it was like maybe she was near the studio when they were filming. They said, "Well, we need a female role." Uh, Demi, are you busy? I mean, because it just seems so far out of her acting realm. She pulled it off, but it was just, you could have almost put anybody there. I'm glad they used her. But what do you think? Yeah, I'm glad they actually used Demi. I feel like with this one, they knew who to get for this kind of role. And also, too, I think that 
Demi, when it comes down to her roles and stuff like that, she's very selective of what she does. Right. And she's careful at what she does. And I think that this is the one that I feel like was the most challenging probably for her back in the early 90s after coming off the Academy Award, to be honest. Yeah. Um, well, you know, that's a good point. I mean, she was already on a high. So this was like a little side uh, change for her, you know, whatever she got paid. But uh, I remember wondering why they called the movie Nothing But Trouble because it went through a variety of name changes until it became Nothing But Trouble. But you would think, okay, it's nothing but trouble. You know, he opens, he, he speeds, he goes through a stop sign. He, he, he opens his big mouth in front of this psycho judge at this creepy place in this creepy town. I mean, it's basically nothing but trouble from start to finish. He's a banker. He's in deep trouble here. And, but in the film, Chevy Chase was nothing but trouble to Demi Moore because of an attraction that she had to him. Because she started to get intimate with him a little bit and she started to get a little kissy with him and stuff. And then she pushes him away. And the only time you ever hear the name of the film mentioned in the film was from Demi Moore when she goes, oh, you're nothing but trouble. And she walks away and crawls onto that bed. That's right. That's actually true. Now that you mentioned it. Yep. Yeah, the only time it was like weird. And it's like, there's the title. You don't always <laughs> hear the name of the title in the in the movies that you watch. But uh, yeah, that was, uh, oh, yeah, gigantic <laughs> babies. Yeah, the gi- the babies are, I have to say, are the one the things that stood out to me the most, though, too, that are kind of disgusting as well. Because, of, well, Dan Aykroyd is also that character, though, too. He also played the gigantic babies in this one. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, so, yeah, so the, the, the Spanish couple broke away. They had to go through uh, that muck of disgust. And then, of course, they meet up with a gun and John Candy on the other end of the uh, the other side of that, that moat of, of toxic waste. And <laughs> they're so close to escaping. And he lets them go because they peel the right banana as... As John Candy says, just, you know, you need you need a, a holiday, a time off, uh, fish tacos. You peeled the right banana there. Go, go before my my sister the or my cousin well, the, uh, the ditch witch comes and whatever. And they get yeah. away. They get on. They get away. Come on, baby. And they go. And that was a bizarre couple, by the way. It could have been husband and wife. Why did they make them brother and sister? Because no, of the directly. very end of the film, probably because they needed that scene at the end of the film. Why weren't they husband and wife? Why did they? Okay, so let me let me let me Help correct me myself real quick. It's actually his trigger happy cousin, Miss Prada, is the okay. name. Is her name? Oh, she's Miss Prada. Yeah. Okay. okay. So so yeah, that's her. It's I got the uh, right. Thank you for for helping out with that because um. Yeah, yeah, I, because that was driving me crazy, and I was going to have to start looking her up. But uh, but yeah, it's Miss Prada, yeah, which yeah, I find yeah. hilarious, <laughs> to yeah, be honest with very, you. Very strange, very strange. Just give her a name, any name, pick one. So. Prada. But, <laughs> so, <laughs> but so, you so know, the Spanish couple, to me, uh, though they were short-lived in the film, they they survived. Of course, they got away. But um, they didn't they seem didn't they seem a little close for for a. Uh, for his brother and sister. <laughs> yeah. They, 
I thought that was strange though too because I thought they were actually boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah, our husband especially, and wife the, or something. especially in the car scene. They do everything together. They go on this the tour. I mean, I don't want to do anything with my family. Sorry, Me guys. Either. But, I mean, it's <laughs> but, like, you know, it's like if I can do. I could. I don't want to go on a trip to Atlantic City with you. So it was just weird. And then, and then, of course, it it kind of makes sense at the very end of the film, but because you get to see them one last time at the very end. But anyhow, they get away. Because when you see them that last one time, you're wondering throughout the film, what happened to them? Yeah, they got out. But what's happening between that time? Apparently, um, they didn't ask for help. They just right. said, you know what? The, the heck with those guys. Let them figure it out. They'll <laughs> get out of there. I'll assume they're going to finish that dinner, have some of that yellow mold, and bolt the hell out of there. But apparently, that didn't happen. It got a lot worse, didn't it? Yeah, it got a whole lot worse. Also, she got too, her taint. Uh, yeah, well, well, it, it, well, rules are rules. House rules are rules. What is that? What does that mean? Judge oh, whatever whatever Aldona touches is what she keeps. Like, <laughs> what? That, <laughs> the, because you he actually literally runs into her. my tired heart. You'll never have car trouble. Wait, so do that and I'll let you all go. Don't and uh, you're going on the grader or something like that. And he goes, So you're telling me it's death or Aldona? <laughs> Yeah, exactly but, aldona yeah you're going ahead you either go with uh aldona or you go and you also run things after i'm dead yep and have my whole estate and you also have aldona or you can go ahead and die so- yeah the whole estate <laughs> did you look around as you drove up and saw the giant dolls <laughs> you really yeah i saw his fear too let me tell you me something too. brandy uh that was the i think he feared that more than, more than dying yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly so now him and demi of course find a way to quote unquote bust out a little bit and they go down that big basically in a maze of, of the house the wall is moving they're being forced they're basically controlling where they wind up and they go trying to escape go down this uh like Slide. this ramp and and then just perfectly gets split up on this ramp on at a little y intersection and demi goes one way and chevy's character goes the other way and they wind up um in two different places and she winds up one of my favorite scenes in the movie second to the dinner scene which is those psychopath big fat slobs outside because we're not a lot in the house and who did we wind up seeing in that scene? We wind up seeing the two uh, two babies, basically. These <laughs> I, I wanted to, I, the first thing I thought of is like Tweedledee and Tweedledum. <laughs> That's what I was trying to nickname them. Yeah, but you know, but you know, and then of course, you know, they're deformative. They actually have that hills have eyes kind of flavor horror aspect to these characters, and they're slimy, the despicable kind of. Also, too, Adonna winds up going down there, too, because yep. she, that's when uh, Demi winds up running into her as well. Eventually, then, yeah, but she got yeah. to spend a little bit of time uh, right. with them and, and sort of friending them. They they liked her, and uh, they these two characters, one of them, uh, they looked like they were exposed to all these toxins. I think that's what we were supposed to assume, that they were like, uh, you know, like a three-headed goldfish kind of thing. I happen right. to reference goldfish from my podcast, but uh, <laughs> they're just very, very creepy looking ghouls, if you will. And uh, they friended 
Demi for obvious reasons. She was being kind to them because she was fearing for her life, number one. Number two, she was cute. And uh, the brothers, uh, they really liked her. So one brother was played by none other than Dan Aykroyd himself, which I would have never known. <laughs> and yeah, matter of fact, it's Bobo and Little Debbel. Little Debbel. Yep. Played by John DeVacus, I think. I'm DeVacus. Bobo and this is Little Devil. We're not allowed in the house. And she just faints. <laughs> and then she's playing, she's playing a game with them, uh, which was really weird. Uh, they were playing, uh, what were they playing? Chess or checkers? And then she no, was going to talk uh, cards. Baby, cards. And she was talking like baby talk with them. Right. And he goes, okay, because Bobo's hand is on top of the card. That means Bobo won. So he goes, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And but if uh, I yeah. and if I win, I get another uh, another snack or something like that. And if I and if I win, I get Diane. And it sounded like they dubbed that in at the end because his voice was like three times louder um, <laughs> than than before. And I'm like, oh my gosh! Uh, <laughs> so now she's really worried. And then who comes? But Aldona pulls her, and she goes, no, 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 and you know something like that. And she gives them both the, the like this the pointing finger and then grabs her and then just sucks her out of that scene uh but the you guys need help you guys need help he won't go i mean <laughs> you guys need therapy he won't go hello tanya how are you <laughs> and yeah of course and of course she winds up pretty much picking her up and trying to put her in this uh burning pile or whatever inside this uh thing and of course bobo and them are trying to say no 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 do not throw do not do that <laughs> yeah oh, no, they didn't like that but of course she wound yeah. it up on the on the grater uh right. unfortunately uh thank god uh as the scene continues he survives that but in sort of a bizarre way i mean so the whole thing is going on so you've got that scene outside and then you've got the scene inside which was uh well, there was a lot going on, didn't? Is that when uh, I think uh, Digital Underground? Yeah, Digital Underground them? comes. Now, in. what happened to what happened to the drug addicts? Guys yeah, yeah. I wanted to talk about that. The drug <laughs> addicts is actually one of them is played by Stephen Baldwin. That's who that was. Yep. The main guy, the guy driving yeah. the car, was Stephen he's acting Baldwin. like a douche and everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah so of course, was, John Candy brings him in. He was a piece of shit. Right, and he goes, "Well, I'm gonna let you guys go." And then all of a sudden you see the four drop. And then next thing you know, they're on this roller coaster uh, ride of death going into yeah. this grinding machine and spitting the bones out. Now, the thing that I find funny about this, because that's where Chevy Chase actually winds up at whenever they get split off. And he doesn't even care about the bones or anything like that that he's picking up or seeing. No. It doesn't freak him out, which to me, I would have actually. Would that's have, right. That's right. He saw him in his bed and, and all this and has that little shuffle and then they open up that hole. I mean, so much happened so fast. So the right. movie, I, I will say, there's never a really a low in this film for such a weird film. It, it continues. It, it goes nonstop. And that's the one thing I like about it. So you've got stuff going on inside, outside. And, and I know he winds up in the bones from the bone crusher or isn't that what was it called? Bone Crusher? Oh. 
Are you intentionally muted? Hold on one second. Yeah. Okay, no problem. Okay, I wasn't sure. <laughs> Sorry about that. But yeah, oh, um... John ordered pizza during the uh, and had to pay the pizza guy. I mean, you know, people do it. You know, they pay right, exactly you know, all the people time. Get hungry. <laughs> I'm making it up, but Brandy's saying yes. That's pretty hysterical. Uh, and Tanya's like, I don't know who these people are. Right, are exactly. <laughs> but, you know, it's very fast-paced. It's also quick. And a lot, like you said, happens. And then, of course, with the whenever he's watching uh, the old man and everything get ready for bed and things like that, I just find it. And then, of course, you know, I forgot to mention this, though, too, before they actually get split up. Chevy Chase and them find the ID cards from different states and things like that. Oh, right, right. They realize that he's not the first one that's in trouble. I mean, there's all kinds of bad people on there. Bankers, bankers, bankers. Remember, now, this is set in New Jersey. So who's up on that board? Jimmy Hoffa. Hoffa. Yep. You see Jimmy Hoffa. Now you want to assume that Jimmy Hoffa met his demise by the judge in the bone crusher in the film. Bone exactly. Crusher. Yeah, who who's performing the song Bone Crusher for that for that contraption? Now that is a trivia question to win a million bucks on because I have no clue. But I bet you John did some research, didn't you, John? For that one <laughs> for that one I do that damn Yankees. That's who it was, eh? So it, it was a bone stripper. Yep, bone stripper. Bone by stripper. The damn Bone Stripper, Brandy, we were wrong. It was Bone Stripper. Bone Stripper! Is that a legitimate, full-length song? I don't have a clue. All I know is that was actually used in the film, and yeah, it was called Bone Stripper, which I thought that it was actually called Bone Crusher, but I went I, I went on ahead and rewinded it and everything, and it slowed it down a little bit, and it said Bone, uh, as a matter of fact, Bone Stripper, which makes sense because they're stripping them down to their bones. Going down, going down, bone stripper. You don't know what you got till you turn to bleh. That's what it says. I think that's a typo. Going down, bone stripper. <laughs> <laughs> Songs by damn Yankees. Yeah, yeah. Lyrics by Tommy Shaw, Jack Blakes, and Ted Nugent. Yeah, I see. I didn't even know that. See, that's music trivia. Now that'd be on my show. That'd be an artist spotlight. What I would like to see that. that. What's up with these damn Yankees? Me, as you know, on my show, I tend to pick uh, obscure people, like people that have written songs that are like number one blockbuster songs. And then you find out that this guy got no credit at all. You don't even know who he is and he even had a nickname, the Invisible Man. That's the kind of shit that I do on my show sometimes. Um, oh, it's been 15 years since you watched it. Well, it's been 15 days since I no, I actually just watched uh, this this film. Like I was telling you, I was watching it again. And uh, we watch it at least once or twice a year on average, probably since it's come out. I don't know why. But it's just it's on my short list of films that I watch over and over. And this is one of them. And this is my first time. I'm sure that I'm going to go back and revisit it again. But you're going to pick up on different stuff each time. That's a. I mean, there's so many lines. There's lines in this film that I use in my regular life all the time. Like if somebody like tosses something to me at the office or something, a piece of paper. Sometimes I, I ask for a post-it note. They're like, "Oh, dude, you need post-it notes," and they'll throw them, and I'll go like that. I'll go muskrat <laughs> because he th- at one point Chevy Chase throws the muskrat at Dan Aykroyd's character to try to 
startle him because he's trying to fight his way out and he gets his foot in the bedpan and they're they're fighting. It was disgusting in that film. <laughs> My favorite line would have to be whenever they're trying to use the bones uh use the roller coaster ride again on Chevy Chase and everything. And the, my favorite line is, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. Help, oh, me, yeah. Lord, help me, Lord. And then finally he's, he survives. He he goes, him, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And walks off. <laughs> he walks off because <laughs> he survived. Yeah, that was great. But I mean, what's the chances of that? Of course, it, it's a movie. He's the he's right. the star. They're not going to uh, they're not going to kill, kill Dan Aykroyd directly in front of us. I mean, not Dan Chevy Aykroyd, Chase. Uh, Chevy <laughs> Chase. I got them all messed up. My. Uh, but the digital yeah. underground stuff was my favorite thing and seeing a young Tupac yeah. Shakura in there and then they have to prove that the that they're actually artists and then they have and goes bring the, bring their stuff in bring their stuff in I'd, bring I'd, 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 bring all your instruments in here bring all your keyboards and your guitars and set them all up now I need to see them all and then they drop the beat Dre <laughs> all around the world Come to the party to get naughty, to get rocks off, to eat popcorn, went to the beat. And I, I don't have all the words in front of me, but I mean, he just goes off. Than I did. now. And then the second voice is the same guy, but that's his alias. So he does this sort of chic of Iran alias where he puts that plastic nose on, changes his name and raps. So, and he raps with that uh, nasal style rap. He's a, you know, like you'll hear him in another song go, I'm the one that said grab him in the biscuits. I mean, he's just a weird guy to begin with. And then the very last verse of that song is, is Tupac Shakur. Tupac does the, the final verse. There's actually two singers, but three different styles doing the same song. So it's unique in its, its own way. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. That the, you know, the, the organ. <laughs> That's not in the real song, by the way. That's no. only in the movie. <laughs> and you know, I thought that was funny. A great way for Dan Aykroyd to show his uh, musical chops by doing the organ and then getting down on the organ. And then after he's done with that, he said, "Yep, you boys are definitely um, artists." Oh yeah. But, oh yeah. But... You sure are a gaggle of musicians. <laughs> uh, so everybody, we can just step up to the bench here. We'll get this step a little closer. Gather a little closer. By the power invested me in the state of Volcanvania, I now waive you from any charges. You're free to go. He's like, what? He's like, what? They just go. That's it. You know what I thought was going to happen? Well, there's one they- more thing we need to talk about here before you go, and that's when the wedding kicks in. Right. But you, I thought the floor at that point was going to, he's going to, he says, I thought when he says, okay, you guys just st- stick together. I thought he was going to drop them. Uh, there's no lie. I thought he, they, that he was actually going to drop them. Uh, when I heard well, that. because he gathered them all together. Yeah, yeah. that would have been weird. But uh, no, they, they 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 even stayed to play. Uh, tie the knot, tie, tie the knot, tie the knot. He's like, and then, and then, of course, Chevy Chase comes to his senses and he, he wants out now and he upsets Dan Aykroyd's character. And uh, he's screaming to the band, like, get me out of here. And they're like, no, oh, no, no, I was nervous at my wedding, too. You know, like they're, they're just completely <laughs> passing it off. As, let as me go. Nervous I, want... <laughs> I, I know. And so you knew they weren't going to let him out again. Yeah. They're going to destroy the film. It's not going right. to happen. That's yeah. it. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, that was it. I mean, so everybody is kind of like um, in this position. And, and as we get towards the end of the movie, the whole thing is coming to a head. And I think... Um, 
so Chevy Chase pulls off this huge explosion to save Demi Moore's character from the guillotine, from the greater, you know, from being chopped up. And Dan Aykroyd is encouraging his characters, encouraging uh, Chevy Chase's character to to give up, to come in and surrender himself and replace himself on the guillotine, on the chopper uh, to, to save Demi Moore's character. And of course, things took a little bit different turn because he decided he was going to create a diversion slash huge explosion. <laughs> <laughs> and he winds up taking the gas and everything, lighting it. And then, of course, that's what caused the explosion. He rushes over to Demi Moore, then he tries on, you know, on tire and everything. And of course, we see the blades up up there, too, because, of course, they're going to drop the blades on her to kill her. Drop so, the blades! And then she... <sighs> and they just, of course... Just, just in the town. <laughs> just in the neck. Of course. Would hate to chop. I hate to chop up a pretty little girl. Uh, what does he say? A pretty little something like you, but I'll do it unless your boyfriend comes back here and, you know, places himself in place of you. And I mean, he's like going on and on about it. And But uh, they get away. They escape. They do it. You think the movie's over, but it's not. <laughs> but no, it's, it's getting there. It's getting close to it being wrapped up, but they get away in the car. He, he's, yeah. you know, he's there's a there's a oh, you got to have the uh, you got to have like the magic touch or something. And and she goes, No seatbelt, he goes, No roof <laughs> because because the it's whole car is down. being stripped down by Eldona. So it was so he's driving out on this car that's basically four wheels and a frame, no doors, no roof, and they they get away. And of course, they're they go to the police. To report it, because I'm thinking you're not going to just let well, this slide, are you guys? Well, here's the thing: they also got stopped first by the by uh, John Candy's cousin. Oh yeah, remember? And so they actually have to hop on a train. That's right. They're the ones that had to jump on the train, right? As it was way. moving, yeah. Was shooting at the train, the tanker train. I, you know, I was thinking that too. And she was shooting at that train. What was in that? Was it water or or gasoline? But obviously, I was thinking it was gas. Yeah, I thought it was going <laughs> to explode. And me too. And it, they, they they ricocheted. I, every time I watch it, I think did it did it ricochet or is she just a terrible shot? <laughs> so they got away and they went to the police. And uh, what happened then, John? Well, they go over to the police, and of course, they actually have a drawing of everything that they've seen: the bone uh, stripper, uh, the roller coaster. They had a diagram of that. They draw up everything: this contraption. Oh the yeah, wind right. up believing their story and things like well, that. And even though so elaborate, <laughs> so elaborate. It and was, then... and I was like, "Would the police officer actually believe me if I told this story and had these drawings like this?" But it looks like scribbles. Like, we're going to have to. We're gonna have to bring him in so you can point him out. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, officer. I mean, uh, I, I saw like the guy remove idea. his remove his nose and leg and start cooing like Bing Crosby. I'm pretty sure I can pick him out in a lineup. <laughs> so they go <laughs> back to the house. <laughs> I'm so bizarre. So who do we see at the police station for the first time? Who is actually in the credits? But Brian Doyle Murray, Bill Murray's brother, who always gets tiny little scenes. He's in the, just about every movie out there. He's uh, he's worse than Kevin Bacon. So there he is. And uh, he's got this tiny little scene. But it wasn't even him. It was the main guy, the chief, who had the starring role as the police officer that led the troops and all these guns and cars 
back to Volkenvania's, uh, to that mansion, that piece right. of crap uh, building. And you uh, know yeah. what, though? I thought that they were going to, I thought for sure that the being the judge that he is, I was thinking that he was going to have some type of trap door to where they fall through. The, or something like that through the front door oh yeah and yeah with all those contraptions you would think that you would have something there that's actually i'm gonna i'm gonna make a note of that john it's something i'm gonna add <laughs> to my uh ring <laughs> alarm system this ring they do cameras uh sensors in the, oh, the, new, the new ring trap door i love it oh oh wait a second dig a 12 foot ditch now nah, forget it anyhow right. back to the story so <laughs> So, yeah, but, so they all show up and uh, they ring the bell and he answers, uh, the judge answers like he's playing dumb, like he's senile, like he has no idea. Why, why are you disturbing an old man at this hour? And she's like, don't you con us. We know you're, the jig is up, you know. <laughs> what happens then? Then he looks around and goes, you're going to stir up a hornet's nest. Yes, and he started his this, and he tells them to turn around, and they go all at once and and full surround sound. Hi, Judge, <laughs> you can't go too far to find my friends. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, of course, perfectly timed for the ending of the movie, sort of an earthquake, a tremor starts to shake the house, and and. It's the coal mines. They're going to blow the coal mines. Run for your lives, he says. And sure as shit, everybody starts to run for their life. And they're trying to get away. And things are blowing up. And you see the ditch witch, uh, the cousin, whoop, right down a pipe. Well, she actually was in an outhouse taking a <laughs> She was doing number two in an outhouse reading the newspaper when it hit. And she just looks up and goes right down into the ground she's gone she's gone but i guess john candy we didn't get to see what happened with him at this point and we didn't see what happened to the judge or uh, aldona or anybody no. but basically basically um they they completely got away and stayed together as a couple and wound up at an apartment in new york city and then that's when the news report comes on the TV while she takes a shower and it happens to be the judge. That's yes. That now here's where it gets a little weird for me, believe it or not, practically at the very end of the movie. I think we've got two minutes of screen time left. Demi Moore has on a, a bathrobe and she's going to go take a shower. I'm thinking, okay, they're going to cut this out, but damn it, I wish they would leave it in. But anyhow, so she's going to take a shower in this film. She gives him a little peck, and she goes to take the shower. And then the final scene of the movie happens. Why did they exclude her from that drama on the final scene, do you think? I wonder if it just has to do with characterization for Chevy Chase to have that one scene because that character went through some dramatic stuff. shot in the movie and the final yeah. role, and it was really because about him being the banger and blah, blah, blah. I think so, because don't forget, Chevy Chase at that time was also worried about other people stealing his thunder. And oh, it was yeah. also hard to work with on the sets that That's he worked right. with. That's right. So That's right. I wouldn't be surprised if he excluded her from it. Yeah. Wow. That, so, so, yeah. So they basically had her duck out and that was it. And then he sees the uh, ad on the television and it's a news report and they're at the the site or the 
fires were burning and the and the explosions happened and the news reporters swing. We see one of the villagers rummaging through the garbage now. Sir, sir, can you please tell us uh, what are you going to do now that everything is gone or something along those lines? And who it is but the judge. He turns around. Oh, we're going to move uh, to my son-in-law's house in New York City. We're all going to go live with him. And he goes, no, you're not. <laughs> that was the last line of the movie. <laughs> and then he, the way it looks, it looks like something straight out of um, a Disney cartoon. Because yeah, exactly. you just see Chevy Chase's um, he shadow. Or, jumps like, through, he just jumps through the wall and leaves a perfect shape Chevy Chase punch through the wall right. and takes off. And then the movie ends. And boy, oh boy, what a train ride that movie is. And, and yet, uh, rating wise uh didn't do so well john but no. i'm sorry folks uh anybody watching this live and or that's going to be watching it once uh once it just goes uh static uh, you have to see this movie at least once uh, don't take my word for it. it it's amazing uh beauty is in the eye of the beholder when it comes to films let me tell you I've, I've been told to watch many of shows and i thought that they were absolute garbage in my opinion and and i and yet I watch films and people say, you like that? I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even try it. That's like never reading a book. Everybody thinks it's a number one bestseller, but you think it's going to be crap, but you haven't even read it yet. You got to read the book. So you got to watch the film. Exactly. Yeah. But the thing that I learned about this though, as far as the trivia and stuff like that, that goes with this film mm. is Number one, like we said before, this was Dan Aykroyd's uh, first ever directorial debut. Nobody wanted to even direct, the, uh, wanted to even write the film or anything like that, direct it. So therefore, that left on Dan Aykroyd to do it. Yeah, and everything. And of course, you can find all this information on JoeBlow.com on their YouTube channel. Okay, and it's called "WTF Happened to Nothing But Trouble." Yeah, I mean, it's a and I'm reading. Episode. Oh, that's pretty cool. And I, I'm and I'm reading some of the Wikipedia stuff, and you know, the poor reviews by critics. Chris Hicks was uh was writing for the the Deseret News, and thought Ackroyd seemed to be having a time of his life as a judge. Chase Candy and more appeared much less animated than usual, and downright embarrassed in some scenes. Uh, I I don't know. I didn't see any of that. I thought that everybody was fully engulfed in their roles. I think everybody did a fine job uh, for what they were given. And I, I don't like this line either. It says entertainment weekly critic, uh, Michael Sauter wrote Aykroyd and John Candy generate approximately four laughs, the entire film and Chevy chase adds maybe two. That is bullcrap in my opinion, because uh, I laugh at Chevy chases. Even one line, he has an extremely dry sense of humor. And you yeah. have to catch those. You have to catch those little lines. So this movie teetered between being a sort of a horror mystery slash uh, comedy. And it teetered well. It didn't lean in any direction too heavily. It gave you enough uncomfortableness and enough comedy to, to, to work, in my opinion. But who the hell am I? I'm not Cisco. I'm not Ebert. I'm just Michael J. Mayo from Microbreak. And I'm just John, who's an average Joe kind of movie reviewer. So uh, <laughs> give yourself you more credit. At least you're wearing a Sons of Anarchy shirt. I mean, yeah, you know, I'm wearing, I'm wearing uh, this. 
Hey, I like that though. <laughs> That's the Bob Ross cat right there. Yep. Bob the Bob the Bob Ross Foundation isn't too thrilled about their name being mass marketed, but hey, you know what? I love the shirt. I love Bob Ross. I think he's awesome, and I, I miss him as well. He shouldn't have died so dang young. But no, he shouldn't have. All the good ones go, especially with actors. Oh my goodness, all the fat guys. That's why I'm trying to lose weight again, John. I, I mean. Am too. John Candy. Yeah, you look like you actually slimmed down a little bit since the last time I see you. But actually, I'm just using a different format on my uh, my uh, monitor. So it makes everybody look thinner. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. But this, bu- yeah. this movie only had a budget of $40 million and it made only $8.4 Oh, gosh. Oh, poor Hollywood. Poor, poor Hollywood. I'm sure they made it up. I'm sure they did. Yeah, sure <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Wow. But anyways, well thanks. Dude. Yeah, man. Thanks for thanks for having me on the show and reviewing another movie with you. We got to do this every 6 months. <laughs> <laughs> right? We'll keep up the tradition, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but I definitely enjoyed having you on uh Michael. Mm-hmm. You've put on a great podcast. Thank you. I you're welcome. I, li- I tune in every single time that you drop something new. Thank you. So you and- you listen to the latest episode about tequila then, huh? Yeah. I I listened to that one. I listened to pretty much everything that drops. Oh. And even some of your older stuff too. So to get a feel of what your older stuff was like. Yeah, I it definitely it definitely took a uh, transition, just kind of like an actor's career. They don't always start out being that great. And then sometimes they're some of the biggest names of all time. And some people get their start really small and they get big. I I, I think that I'm gonna continue to do what I do the way I do it. I'm going to always be myself. And I held back part of myself in the earlier episodes. You can see I've gotten a lot goofier and a lot looser, but yet I always stay on subject because it's 15 minutes and I don't have enough time to ramble and goof off. I I can talk for hours, as you know, but at the end of the day, the podcast keeps me in that box where people can get entertained and get out. So I'm, I'm really excited to announce the Halloween specials that are going to be launching for 2021. I did do this in 2020, uh, starting next Sunday, not this coming Sunday. This No, actually, no, I stand corrected. This coming Sunday is part one of a three-part series of the Halloween special. It's You're going to hear one of my altered egos, one of the, the characters that I play, which I simply call the scary voice guy or the deep voice guy because I don't have a name for the guy. If you come up with a name, John, I'll use him next time. But okay, I'm right now I got no, I got no names for this dude, but he has his own persona and personality, and he'll be on a couple of episodes. I have some guests on the shows uh, that pop in and out uh, from other shows and podcasts, and it's a three part series. So, and, and I'm actually in the process of editing the third one now, and that's where I was before I joined you on this show All right. <laughs> I was editing part three so yeah well thanks yeah speaking of which uh where can people follow you at to fi- find these this halloween special that you mentioned well i go to work about seven o'clock at night and <laughs> i'm on the turnpike and so if you drive past exit 8a mm-hmm. no i'm kidding um oh okay <laughs> Um, yeah, I was so, taking notes. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, I, the podcast does broadcast worldwide. You can listen to the podcast, of course, under the name Micro Break. That's the podcast, two names. And you can hear that wherever podcasts are broadcast in the world. Uh, and please uh, subscribe, follow, rate, and review the podcast. because That really helps other folks find the show. Uh, and if you want to converse with me on a one-to-one basis, and just like I found you, John, uh, find me at Twitter. Uh, I'm not a political guy. 
uh, I use Twitter for the fun parts and I block everybody else that pisses me off. And you can find me at micro underscore break. That's micro underscore break on Twitter. That's really the best way to converse with me. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, if you have a special talent or gift, if you're an artisan in your craft, it's something else like that. And you'd like to be a guest on my show, I'd be happy to interview you, send you a little form, and uh, maybe you'll be a guest on a future show. I'm, I'm pretty easy going with that kind of stuff. Unless you're a weirdo, then I'll just block you. <laughs> All right. So, guys, before I wrap up, I actually have a new sponsor that I'm going to be introducing on Monday. Oh, cool. And everything. So this is a little teaser. I'm doing an unboxing tomorrow of this sponsor. And then Monday is actually going to be the full sponsorship. So what is it? You guys are, you guys are just going to go on ahead and ask me later on. But wow. still, tune in tomorrow because I'm going to be unboxing it, doing a special unbox of the sponsorship. I'm proud to have this sponsorship. I've been working so hard. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. I'm listening. It's okay. But no, I've been working so hard on the sponsorship, and I'm just glad to be able to do it. Um, Who puts yeah. the pin in the party hog now? <laughs> but of course, guys, you guys can go on ahead, get an audio-only podcast episode of where you guys get your major podcasts from. Of course, go on ahead, follow me underneath Movie Lovers TV Lovers Night on Facebook and underneath the same brand name on Pinterest and on Instagram as well. Then another thing you can guys can do is this. I actually teamed up with two blur girls podcast and we're actually doing a charity event with Cincy and it's going to be all the proceeds go over to St. Jude's children's hospital. So you guys can go on ahead, get a Cincy, all proceeds go over to the children's hospital and it goes to a great cause. Of course, if you guys want to, you guys don't have to a simple, like a simple shares hit smash on that subscribe button. Also smash that little bill in the bottom right hand corner. To allow you to guys to know when something is happening over here at Movie Lovers Unite is good enough for us. But if you choose to do so, if you choose to want to donate five to ten dollars to us, all you have to do is go to gofundme.com forward slash movie lovers podcast, and that's how you can do five five to ten dollars over there. Then, of course, guys, if you've gone to go on ahead and go to Good Pods, Good Pods is a great place for people that love. Um, oh, yeah, you, I've been hearing a lot about Good Pods yeah. lately. You got to help me with that, John, because I'm not good on there. And they want they want to feature me. And I'm like, I don't know how, how you feature me. I don't know what you well, want. I'm here to tell you how the app actually runs. Oh, cool. So, okay. Yeah. So the easy play button, it's very smooth for you to be able to enjoy podcasts. You can also share your podcast on this. It's like social media for podcasters or people that love podcasts okay. and stuff. So basically, you can share your episode. They can rate individual episodes, write what they think about that episode and everything and we can actually interact with you and have a conversation with you at the same time so good pods is definitely a great place and also too if you rate us on there it helps us with the rankings for the next day to find us where wherever we are actually ranked at at different genres as well oh. so so i love good pods good pods is so much better than some of the other uh podcast uh apps and things like that that i found so check that out and of course guys Tomorrow, I'm going to be interviewing somebody for their short film called The Criminals, which Frenchie and I reviewed a couple last month. And he, he comes from all the way from Turkey. So we're going to be, so I'm going to be interviewing him wow. tomorrow. And so stay tuned for that. And then Monday, I'm doing two episodes of one night. I'm doing one episode where I'm interviewing another person for their short film. And that's going to be wrapping up the Holly Short Films Festival stuff. And what we're going to do is an interview with Punch Drunk, the director and actor 
of Punch Drunk and their team. Me and Beth are going to be interviewing them. And then A-Town Reviews, which is Alex, is going to be joining me for Trick or Treat, the horror film. So, and then, of course, that's where you're going to, just going to go on ahead and find that sponsorship at. So that's everywhere that you guys can reach me at and everything. It's been a pleasure. I can't wait to do this again, guys. Thank you. I do appreciate it, Michael, for you taking the time out of your night to talk about this film. Thank you for introducing me to this film. I do appreciate that a lot. Um, of course, you guys can also go on. And, yeah. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Movie Lovers Unit. And, of course, on TikTok as well at Movie Lovers Unit 001. It's been a pleasure, man. I can't wait to do this again. And have a good rest of your night. And always until next time. Good night, everybody. <laughs> good night. Sleep tight. <laughs> I'll see you soon, John. Thanks, man. See you.